a few weeks ago, you would know uh, I was on holidays. My family was on holidays. We were up the coast enjoying some sun and the beach. And we had a, just a little bit of an incident with a rip. Uh, some of the kids were in the water. We adults weren't in the water. Um, there were some other kids they were with. And just slowly they drifted across to the side towards the end of the beach where the undertow was sucking out. It was pretty tame by, uh, even by Australian standards, I guess. But there was, a, there, was a bit of a, there was a bit of a pull. And so they came to the point where uh, one of ours and two of the other kids were drifting backwards despite their efforts to go forwards and they're getting beyond where they could stand up. And so uh, there was a guy on a surfboard who came across and I went in the water and one of the other mums went in and we had to grab onto them. Uh, fortunately, it was still at the point where adults could stand and it wasn't kind of quite... It wasn't a life-threatening situation yet. Uh, but it's just a little reminder of the power of the water. Sometimes what looks calm on the top is often surging underneath. Uh, I experienced this uh, in a much more significantly when I was a teenager and I got stuck in a rip and suddenly I was where I couldn't stand up. And I was in, it was in the breakers and the way, close to the breakers, and there was a big swell going over. And I realised, hang on, this is what people talk about. And you, if you've ever been in the moment of being in a rip, then you would know that moment of kind of panic, of fear going, hang on, I'm out of my depth here. There's a power at work on me that is much more than I can control. I can't handle, I don't have the strength to overpower the waves, to be able to kick back against the, the rip, even to try and just power through and swim against it. I can't, I can't do that. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. Uh, it's uncomfortable because it's unexpected and it comes suddenly. You don't realise it until you're in it. And then there's that fear of being out of control. It's danger. Now, in Australia, we hear about this from time to time because... 3.7 million Australian adults have been unintentionally caught in a rip. That's a lot of us. One in the three Australians don't know how to identify a rip. Apparently, this is some statistics from the Surf Lifesaving Association of Australia. And on average, 26 people die each year because of a rip. That's a lot, isn't it? There's a power at work in the waves. Now, this is nothing new, the power of the ocean. The ancient world had a, an understanding of the power of the ocean, uh, the waves at work. In their mind, to the ancients, the, the ocean was chaos. It was totally disordered. There was, it's unpredictable. You can't control it. You can't tame it. It's just wild. And so even uh, to the point where there was an ancient Semitic belief, a Semitic belief that the deep, the ocean deep, personified the powers that are at work against God. If you want to think about God's opposite, the chaos, that's what they thought. The, the ocean represents that. 
Well, when we find ourselves out of our depth, overpowered, we turn to the Bible. And what does it remind us of? It reminds us that the Lord God, Yahweh, is never out of his depth. The things that seem powerful to us don't compare to him. And that's what we read in Psalm 93 today. As we have the last of these sermons looking at Psalms 90 to 93, thinking about the everlasting God, we see that Yahweh is mightier than the ocean powers. And since he is stronger, since he is mightier, what he decrees will stand and what he does will last. Uh, Would you turn to Psalm 93 with me and we'll look at these uh, verses together. It's a short one, just, uh, just five verses. The Lord reigns. He's robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established, firm and secure. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. But mightier than the thunder of the great waves, mightier than the breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. What do we see here? God is a God who's not overwhelmed by the powers of creation, the things that so easily overpower us. The Lord is mightier. And the psalmist is describing this in a couple of ways. It first just starts describing God's character, doesn't he? God who reigns, who's in charge, the king. He is both majestic and powerful. Do you know, so it's a kind of a strange pairing. Well, it's not a strange pairing, but it's a, they're a complementary pairing that don't always go together. To have majesty, to have that appearance of impressiveness, to have the wow factor that's, that's connected to royalty. Doesn't always, it doesn't always follow through that they've also got strength. They've got power, the actual authority. Some people like to hype up the appearance of impressiveness, don't they? It's all pomp without having the actual authority. And not so with God. God has both the appearance, the impressiveness, the wow, and he's got the strength to to back it up. And uh, when I read that line, uh, his arm is strength. I couldn't help but think of uh, uh, a very underrated cartoon character who's uh, this guy. Uh, who you see here. It's not, wep- not weapons, that's his power. It's, um, it's his strength. Uh, that just, just stuck in there. I thought I'd, just thought I'd share it. Bit of a shout out to Brigand. Uh, 
God doesn't need to rely on weapons. He doesn't need to rely on external things to kind of leverage his strength to make things happen. He is the source of power. He holds that strength in himself. Indeed, he holds life. He himself is the source of all life. He who created everything that exists, or all created things, every other being outside himself. Everything else depends on him for their existence. He is the the power behind it all. Now, in one sense, we know this, don't we? These things are obvious about God. (laughs) He is strong. He's powerful. That's what makes him God. And yet so easily, when we're confronted, we forget, don't we? When we're confronted by the things that are working on us, the powers that maybe are overwhelming us. So often we just get caught up in in that little experience. Power versus me. These are the two things that I'm dealing with and I'm not strong enough. And we forget that big perspective of the God who is mightier overall. We just get sucked into the little vortex of looking at what's right in front of us and we forget God's power. We forget to call on him to pray and to ask for his power at work. Sometimes maybe we think our problems are too little on the scale for God to deal with. But he promises us they're not. He concerns himself with our lives. And he acts, doesn't he, in our lives. And the things he does... Because he is powerful in this way, the things he does stand firm. That was mentioned twice in the, in the psalm in verse, in verse 1. The things he established, the world he has established, his throne that has been established, they stand firm. His rule will not be overthrown. And again, in verse 5, his statutes, the rulings he makes... They won't be kind of overturned by the next government that comes to power and says, no, we're going to do something different. They won't go out of fashion. They won't get overruled by a higher court, say, no, that's invalid. God's statutes stand firm. What he rules in a matter, that's the end of the story. Forever. So when he says something, we can trust it. He won't have to change his mind later. The holiness of his house is eternal. The psalmist is communicating this, isn't he, in the psalm, singing, rejoicing in God's strength. And and in the middle of it is that image of the waves, the ocean rising up, this, this picture of chaos and what's opposed to God, kind of bearing its fists, roaring. 
compared to God. <laughs> There's no battle, is there? There's no kind of fair comparison. God is mightier. His power is stronger. He created them in the first place. They're not going to outwit him, overpower him. And we're reminded of this, aren't we, uh, in other parts of the Bible. Job 30, 38 says, Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? It's kind of talking about when, it was, when, he, when he created it um, in some pic, kind of a pictorial image, images. Uh, God says, When I made the clouds its garments and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said... This far you may come, and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. God is the God who puts the ocean in its place. Who puts the, the biggest representation of chaos and unpredictable that we can experience. God is the God he says, you can exist here, just within these boundaries. You can crash on this beach, and that's enough for you. And, of course, we, we see this in action in the life of Jesus, don't we? When he was asleep in the boat during a storm, he was in the stern sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They saw this in action. They saw God's power over the oceans. How do they react? They were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this? Who is mightier than the ocean? He can confront its roaring waves with a command to be still and they obey Who is this man? He is the Lord. Now, we experience the ocean and its uncontrollable power in, in different ways. But I think we experience the reality of being out of control in different parts of life as well, don't we? There's different ways which we experience the overwhelm, which we're confronted by the limit of our own strength. There's different times and places where our fears rise. And maybe it's what we see around us, maybe it's what we experience, the ebb and flow of health, the way that diseases and illness comes. And in one sense, we're so powerless against it, aren't we? 
ultimately death comes to us all, to those we love. And we can't control that. And maybe it's the, the tides of public opinion about Christianity that, that we see and we experience and we go, this is so big and, and beyond me. And it makes me feel small and powerless. As we see such rapid changes in society, the place of the church being well-regarded and the majority of people having some association to church, being happy for children to be taught Christian uh, truth and morality in Sunday school and in scripture to a point where today in just a few decades where the tide of public opinion has turned, where we find ourselves, well, the black sheep now, not just unpopular, but blamed, where Christian morality is not regarded as good, but as evil, oppressive. Maybe you're confronted by that and you think this is, it makes you realise the limits of your strength, even of our collective strength together as a church. Maybe that makes you fear. Maybe it's the tossings of geopolitical conflict that confront you and you hear the news from Gaza. You see the updates from Ukraine as you read about the oppression and the misuse of power by so many regimes around the world. Maybe you feel out of your depth seeing the violence, the bloodshed, the misery of people caught up. There's so many things, isn't there, that we confront in life that make us realise our own weakness. We're out, of, we're out of our depth. But as many as things there are that we encounter, we don't have to look out there to see things where, where we're out of control, do we? We can easily find it even within ourselves. So we maybe see the pounding of our anger as it rises up in us. Maybe it's the surge of anxiety that we can't contain. We can't get a handle on it, rein it in. It's pumping through us. Maybe it's the, it's the slower swelling of despair.
maybe it's the wash of guilt and regret. And whatever it is, whatever situation you face or whatever you confront within yourself, where you find yourself out of your depth. Psalm 93 reminds us of the God who is mightier than any, any force we face. Forces out there or forces in, in here. The Lord God is mightier. He has said it. He has proved it. Hasn't he in the Lord Jesus? Not just in commanding the wind and waves, but in his ultimate display of triumph over death. Jesus displays God's victory over even that, that power that would seek to have the final word for us. As we confront, as we confront our, our situations, we do well to remember the God who is mightier. To remember his power, to remember that he is reigning. And what he has done and what he has decreed is secure. Our lives, our experiences are so fleeting. They, they, they flicker, don't they? They're so quick. God is for eternity. These Psalms have been reminding us His ongoing nature and His power. It's, it's so hard to get our heads around. We so easily forget. We so easily just try to deal with things on our own. Even the things that we feel out of control of, we try and deal with them with our little pocket knife of skills. When all the time we have with us the God who is mightier. Friends, let me remind you, live in all these temporary experiences. Live these lives. Live even through the difficulties when we're out of control. Live knowing that you are in the hands of the God who is mightier. Whose decrees will stand and whose deeds will last. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we thank you for your wonderful strength and your endurance into eternity. And please help us to appreciate it more and to find comfort in being yours 
even in the midst of all our trials. And we pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus, who died and rose for us. Amen.